fact is the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. I hope you all had a great day out there. Our markets took a little bit of a breather today, but it has been a good run. But we came in lower across the board here for our major indexes. And the headline story on that is that peace talks between Russia and Ukraine seem to have stalled here. But we've been talking about this for some time. Our markets are at overbought levels on our VRA, our short-term VRA momentum oscillators. Now, those short-term VRA momentum oscillators have been a fantastic warning sign over the last year when our markets have reached either overbought or oversold levels on those oscillators. We've seen a reversal in the current trend. But of course, you know, the media is always going to have to find a reason for any direction of any move. Uh, that's, uh, you know, nothing new that's been happening for about as long as markets have been around. Uh, it's amazing to watch it happen. I mean, it happens even to us every now and then. It's something that gets super convincing, right? It happens to, to major fund managers as well. But it's a good time to reflect on what's really important when watching the markets. At the end of the day, only price pays. And that is just the truth. But we have seen our markets bounce back strongly for the last few weeks now, looking like we're going to finish March on an up month as well after our big sell-off. But again, being at these overbought levels, we expect to see some more backing and filling here before we get back to all-time highs. Uh, certainly would not be surprised to see it happen at these levels here. But over the medium to long term, we still remain extremely bullish on this market. And right now, we still have seven out of our 12 VRA investing screens bullish, but we recognize that we're still in a downtrend for most of our major indexes here. And then, of course, the, the big headline that everybody's been talking about today was the inversion of the twos and 10 year yield curves yesterday, just briefly inverted. Uh, I believe we made may have picked up some distance between the two actually today. Let's take a quick look at that here. Yeah, putting a little bit of space in between them, not a whole lot still. Um, but people talk about this anytime any any of the curves invert, but the twos and tens are the big ones. They've occurred, an inversion of those has occurred before every recession. But if you turned in tuned into Kip's podcast yesterday, they may have, you, you would know that they may have happened before every recession, but it does not always precede a recession. We've had a number of instances where these have inverted and not led to a recession. So it is not an infallible indicator by any means. And probably the most important statistic to come out of when this does happen is what happens to the markets next. So check this out. Every time that the yield curve has inverted, it's been roughly seven times since 1977. A year after the inversion, the S&P 500 has been up by an average of 11.8% over the next 12 months. And when you get a little bit closer to today, it gets even better. The last four times the twos and tens have inverted. 
the S&P jumped an average of 28% before the next peak. It could be anywhere from six to 18 months later. Uh, and typically a recession did not start until 21 months later. So the stock market peaked ahead of a recession, which, which of course is about right. But we've got a lot of time here uh, before that happens and a lot of money to be made between now and then. And going back to the kind of the textbook definition of what a recession is, recessions don't take place until you get, you see negative earnings for two quarters in a row. And we just haven't seen any evidence of even one quarter turning negative here. I think there's some other stipulations as well, like GDP numbers. Uh, I know there are, but I'm not gonna get into those here today. Uh, but certainly we don't see one coming here. We continue to see earnings being strong. We'll be watching for Q1 earnings reports starting in the next couple of weeks here as we wrap up April. Uh, but that's another reason that we do remain bullish. We got a new quarter, a new month here. That means new inflows. Uh, but at these short-term overbought levels, we would love to see a pullback here to add to positions as we enter into April, which historically is a very strong month for the market and leads up to, of course, sell in May and go away. Uh, but we remain, again, short-term cautious, medium to long-term, very bullish here. So let's take a look at our market action on the day today. Our leader on the day was the Dow, down just about two-tenths of 1% to 35,228. We were followed there by the S&P 500, down just over six-tenths of 1% to 4,602. Next up was the NASDAQ, down 1.2% to 14,442. And lastly, the small caps leading the way lower, down almost 2% on the day to 2,091. But here's what I found interesting from today's action is that we were able to hold the 200-day moving average for the most part here, the Dow, barely hanging on to its 200-day, basically right at it right now. The S&P is the furthest above its 200-day moving average. And the semis, which if you tuned in here much, you know we love watching the semis. The semis were also barely able to hang on to their 200-day moving average. But the NASDAQ 100, which... The NASDAQ is not above its 200-day moving average, but the NASDAQ 100 got above it yesterday and fell back below it again today. It's exactly why when we say that we want to see seven trading days of confirmation above the 200-day moving average before we start to make aggressive position calls. Uh, so seeing these indexes getting back to their 200-day, being at short-term uh, overbought levels on the VRA investing system, is another reason that we do remain cautious before we go aggressively long here. And another reason why we look for a little bit of backing and filling, uh, you know, we'd love to see a double bottom really to get aggressively long there. Uh, but again, we see some backing and filling before we get back to our all time highs. Looking at our internals on the day, you know, we're much better earlier in the session, but got weaker into the close here. Finishing, you know, negative for most of the of the major ones, 
uh, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, not by much on the NYSE, but just over two to one negative on the NASDAQ. New 52-week highs and lows came in strongly positive, maybe the best margin that we've seen in some time for the NYSE, even on a down day. Uh, but they did come in negative for the NASDAQ, but just by five issues. So really not by much there at all. And lastly, volume coming in negative just slightly for the NYSE and just under two to one negative for the NASDAQ. So on a day like today where you're seeing a sell-off, really not terrible numbers, uh, but not quite the strength you would like to see. Next up, looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with four out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by energy today, which let me take a quick look at this here. Uh, just, just shy of its 52-week high. Uh, next up were the utilities, which have had an impressive run. Check this out. XLU, the energy or the utility ETF, finishing higher for its eighth day in a row. Actually hitting an all-time high today for utilities, which is surprising. You know, as the biggest borrowers in the nation, you'd expect when you're seeing rates on the on the rise that this group would be getting hit. But Rich Ross pointed this out today, and I hadn't seen this anywhere else. So, but I, you know, he does great work, so I trust him on this that this group has actually historically seen the most new highs during a rising rate environment. Uh, so certainly something to watch for there is utilities. Next up was healthcare and consumer staples for our leaders. Our laggards on the day were consumer discretionary, followed there by technology, which also was able to hold on to its 200-day moving average today. XLK, the technology ETF, is further above its 200-day than just about any other major tech sector, certainly more so than the semis, more so than the NASDAQ 100. And it's even above all of its major moving averages. Now it got back above its 100 day moving average yesterday. Uh, but again, pulling back here down 1.33% for tech, but still good to see it hanging on to its 200 day moving average. Uh, would love to see it hang out in that area and work off some of that overbought territory above its 200 day. Uh, next up were the financials, real estate, and communication services. Real estate really has, uh, or well, housing, I should say, not looking great, but real estate has been able to stay above its 200-day moving average. And let me add a note on this earlier. Yes, so Michael Saylor tweeted out earlier today, uh, really pretty incredible. For the first time, for first-time homebuyers, the inflation rate is 19.2%. That's because, of course, currency supply is expanding faster than housing supply. Housing prices, as you've likely seen, have just shot through the roof. Um, but if you look at it versus treasuries, by that measure, treasuries offer a real yield of, of minus 17%. Just the bond market, absolute trash there <laughs> compared to housing. Uh, thought that was, was especially interesting. And finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch, gold, silver, and the miners all having strong days today as we've covered in detail here on this podcast. This is a group that we remain extremely bullish on. Going back to the early 2000s, it has shown that gold, 
silver and the miners love rising rates environments. So this has really been no shock to us. Gold was up 1.1% on the day to 1,933 an ounce. But I do want to stay here on the miners for a second as GDX had another good update today following yesterday's big reversal. Uh, rallying well off the lows to finish at the highs of the day, but it did finish up another 1.13%. But yesterday's candle is what's referred to as an outside day, uh, which is a technical term for when a stock has a higher high and a lower low than the previous day. And in this case, it was a bullish outside day. We rallied off of the lower low, which was lower from the day before and finished higher than the day before. And so in technical analysis, that is a signal that the uptrend should continue there and we got some follow through today. So great signs uh, for this group. Again, we've been bullish on them for some time now. Silver up 1.22% to $25.03 an ounce. Copper now up just under 3 tenths of 1% to $4.74 a pound. And oil up 2.92% on the day today to $107 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin down a little 1.28% to 47,112. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.